thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Hello and welcome Sunday morning once again and we come to the penultimate of our Heroes series and today's Heroes are just the others. What's it like to be a footnote in history? Maybe sometimes we feel insignificant But actually, we can see people of great significance don't even get a mention in this chapter about heroes of faith. It's important to recognise that this book was written to the Jews to show them Jesus. And so actually, it's important to notice that most of the heroes talked about come in the first five books of the Bible to show them that they were they were hopeful and certain of what they hoped for in Jesus and that actually Jesus fulfills the promise of God. So what is it like to be a footnote in history, to be the one who's not quite important enough to take all the glory? Think of people like Elisha Gray and Joseph Swan. Do those names mean anything to you? Maybe you're a bit of a history buff and maybe you know exactly who they are. But I didn't because actually I did a bit of research and Elisha Gray and Joseph Swan are both credited with huge steps of inventions that others got the credit and the glory for. Elisha Gray, for example, he is thought to have invented the telephone before Alexander Graham Bell, but he's the one who gets the credit. Alexander Graham Bell seemed to have a more powerful lawyer, and Elisha Gray is really somebody who we don't know anything about. He's not a name that you would you would remember because of something that he's invented. Joseph Swan was huge in the light bulb world, and yet we all know Thomas Edison as the man who invented the light bulb. It's sad, isn't it, sometimes when people don't get recognised for what they should, but actually God says he is worthy of all our praise, that he deserves the glory, and it's important in our lives and through our faith and through the things that we see happen around us and through the things that God does in us, that God gets the glory, that he gets the recognition. We come to the end of Hebrews chapter 11 and after all those individual heroic acts and people that are mentioned, even Rahab, we simply get the others. And in the list of others, there are some pretty heavyweight names that barely get a mention. Thanks, Emmanuel, for doing the reading today from Hebrews 11 verses 32 to 40. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 32 to 40. I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and rooted foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. 
Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what was pro had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us will they be made perfect. Wow! Gideon had the faith to trust God and remove most of his army so that the battle won was miraculous. Hardly gets a mention. He's just in the others. Barak and Jephthah. Have you heard of those? They get a mention, but actually maybe you don't know what they did. Check it out. Their stories. Joshua chapter 4 is pretty much Barak's story. and There's not much there. David, the man described as the man after God's own heart and the shepherd king of Israel, who had the faith to stand against Goliath. He doesn't even get his own little verse in Hebrews about his faith. And yet we know he has loads of it in buckets. Daniel doesn't even get named, but we know it's about the lion's mouths being shut. So he's there in spirit. See, this is where we need to realise that actually when it's all about faith, it isn't about us or our recognition. It's all about the father and the son and the Holy Spirit. Faith is entirely on God in three persons. We are the footnote. God is the headline. Jesus is the main man. That is what faith is. Being sure and certain of what we hope for. And in Jesus, our hopes can be rock solid. So there's three things of faith that this passage about the others teaches us. First of all, with faith, they overcame. Verse 34 is all about winning battles, being victorious over circumstances. This week, it has been announced that Barrow AFC have achieved promotion to the Football League. After 48 years of trying, they have finally overcome the obstacle. And it feels like they're winners without having to kick a ball. They actually got voted back in. They were relying on everybody else to get the right result. They have faith that the rest of the teams would vote for them and they have overcome and they're all excited about it because they've overcome. Now they get a lot of credit because they played really well up till now. However, all of those people mentioned in this footnote of the heroes of faith have overcome through their faith, their faith in God, whether it was relying on God to part the Red Sea whether it was relying on God to provide a lamb, they came through their tests of faith, relying on God and who he was and what he would do. They won battles in God's strength. They saw promises fulfilled. They were able to sit in a pit with hungry, ravenous lions for a whole night and not be eaten. That's pretty amazing. Not that I've ever sat in with lions. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they walked in the flames of a furnace. They walked in that fire and they believed that even if, God, even if they died, they still vowed to serve God. Their faith was that strong. Swords didn't strike these people. Dead were raised again. Why? All because of who their faith was in. They overcome and overcame all these challenges. Jesus 
gives us a certainty for eternity. Not just a, a flash in the pan now, but a certainty for eternity. Romans chapter 8 verses 35 to 37 in the NIV start like this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? There's a question for you today. Who's going to separate you from the love of Jesus? The answer to that is nothing. Only you yourself can separate yourself from God's love by walking away from it. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. That's exciting. Just say that again to yourself. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate me from the love of Jesus. No obstacles, not my past, not one thing, not one person. We can be certain that he is for us, that his love is bigger, that his love is greater. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It goes on to say, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? None of those things, not even nakedness will separate you from God and his love. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So with faith, these people overcame. But with faith, they still had struggles. Faith doesn't make you immune to life's difficulties. It just gives you someone to lean on while you walk through them. These verses we've read in Romans and the end verses in Hebrews really encouraging set of verses. As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long, we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. You don't see that on many fridge magnets to stick on your fridge or an inspirational calendar, do you? Even in the end of Hebrews where it talks about jeers and flogging, it talks about chains and imprisonment, it talks about death by stoning and being sawn in two. Destitute persecuted and mistreated those aren't encouraging thoughts and yet people with faith still have a struggle but we also have a savior with faith they overcame but with faith we will still have some struggles while we live on this earth we need to live in the even if Shadrach Meshach and Abednego aren't mentioned but it talks about surviving fire they were thrown into the fiery furnace and they said, we're not going to do that. We're not going to bow down to the statue. And if even if God doesn't save us, even if God doesn't rescue us from this fate, we're not going to do it because we serve the God of Israel. Even if I die, there is so much more ahead. That was their thinking. Even if it all goes wrong, there is so much more promise ahead. The struggle builds strength. The challenge brings change. Faith doesn't bring fortune on this earth. Many churches, many people, many people will say, if you follow God, you'll have this, that and the other. That is a prosperity gospel that I don't believe the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches, Jesus said, in this life you'll have problems. The Bible here says these people struggled. They were being sawn in two. I don't think we're struggling with that in Barrow today, but they were being sawn in two. They were being stoned. They were being put in chains because of their faith. Faith doesn't bring fortune on earth, but it does store up treasure in heaven. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verses 17 to 19 say this. 
Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Some encouraging verses from Timothy, from Paul there written to Timothy. It says, be rich in good deeds. God provides richly for our enjoyment, but don't put your hope in wealth. This last four months, I hope, has demonstrated how wealth and success can be so fleeting, can be th there today and gone tomorrow. We've seen people who have had good, successful, self-employed businesses suddenly have nothing. We've seen people lose their jobs who thought were secure. Never before did we realise that toilet roll was a better business to be in than fashion. Just ask Monsoon. Just ask many of these shops that have been struggling when all of a sudden their income has dried up. Airlines and pilots suddenly are concerned about their jobs where once airports were bustling, busy, non-stop places. Now they're deserted and people are worried about the future. We will probably be less likely to take things for granted for a while than we did before. But the sad thing is, if we ever get back to any normal, we'll start to do it again. History tells us that's the case. God, however, never changes. And the promises in Timothy is that when we put our faith in God, we may take hold of life that is truly life. With faith, people overcame. With faith, there's still a struggle. But with faith, God brings and makes better. Not one of these received what was promised. That's what it says at the end of Hebrews. Not one of them. You know, there's nothing worse than waiting for something to come. A few months ago, Facebook advertised a giant beanbag. It was called a chill bag for just £50. And there was this advert, this video of lots of people launching themselves onto this huge, comfortable bag of beans or whatever whatever you put in beanbags. Well, beanbags, beans, it must be beans, not baked ones. Don't try that at home. But there was these videos of people launching themselves into such comfort and it just looked like the perfect place to curl up and read a book or to lie on and watch the television. And I, I copied this advert and I shared it and I put underneath anyone fancy buying me one of these. And uh, I did have some offers. People, people did offer to buy me them. But actually, somebody who's my Facebook friend commented and said, oh, we've ordered one today. I'll let you know what it's like. And uh, so I thought, well, I won't go there just yet then. And I started to do some research. I looked at some of the comments and I looked at some of the reviews. And actually, the more I looked, the more I thought, I'm glad I haven't spent £50. Because people were saying, mine has never turned up. They were promised a chill bag. They saw the video, they saw that evidence, and it never came. Some of them said they'd waited months and still no sign. Some people then said, it doesn't come with any filling. It's just an empty bag. You have to buy the beans. So what promised to be this comfy chill bag you could launch yourself onto just simply wasn't. Anyway, this week, the person who said they'd ordered one back in the beginning of April, they finally received their giant chill bag. 
and it was about this big. No beans, probably a giant chill bag for a hamster. They were promised so, so much. They were promised this comfort, this luxury, and it never lived up to the promises. Do you know, the world's promises are like that beanbag. The world's promises will show you this, that, and the other, and it will, it will look so good. They may even have a video to promote it. They may even have words from their sponsors, but actually their promises maybe never arrive. Their promises are always disappointing. Their promises don't match expectations and their promises generally make us lose faith and hope in the people that sell them. God's promises are yes and amen. We live currently in the waiting between the first coming of Jesus and his second coming. And we can see God's promises fulfilled in Jesus the first time. And we can know the presence of his Holy Spirit right now here today. We can know God's promises. He gives life that is truly life. God plans something better for us. That's the words at the end of Hebrews. After these tales of these others, so many to mention who had faith that we can't even name them. Because God plans something better for them and for us. And it's perfect because God makes things complete. God makes things whole. If you feel like there's a bit missing today, God can complete you. God makes things complete. Through faith, we can receive the promises he has in store and they will not disappoint. Revelation chapter 21 verses 3 to 5 may be familiar verses. I'm going to read them from the message. It says this. I heard a voice thunder from the throne. Look, look. God has moved into the neighbourhood. There's the promise. God has moved into the neighbourhood, making his home with men and women. They're his people. He's their God. And here's, the, here's what he's going to do. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. Death is gone for good. Tears, gone. Crying, gone. Pain, gone. All the first order of things, gone. The enthroned continued. Look, I am making everything new. Write it all down. Each word dependable and accurate. We today can have faith of this promise. And what a promise it is. He is making all things new. He is dependable. And it's written down as a message. And as we thought in our devotions this week, his miracles in our lives, his transformation proves his message. His promises are there for you and for me. We just need to have the faith to accept them. We need to have the faith that says, I am sure of what I hope for and I am certain of what I can't see. So faith helps to overcome. Faith in our struggles doesn't stop faith. Faith will bring better future. Why? Because Jesus died to make the way to the better future. Jesus provided the best wine at the wedding of Cana. Jesus provided the best picnic for thousands of people. Jesus gave the best answers to the hardest of questions. And today Jesus says, I'm promising you the best. You just need to have faith and depend on me because I won't let you down. That's what he says to you and to me today. So the question is, will we have that faith? 
Will we put our trust in him instead of the wealth, the money and the things that are here today and gone tomorrow? Will we put our trust in him who promises things will be better? The others is just a footnote because faith is about the main man, Jesus. So it's time we made him the center and the savior that he is. Let's stand on him. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that faith can help us overcome obstacles and opposition. Father, I thank you that even in the struggles, we can still have faith because we know it's only momentary. Father, we thank you too that our faith isn't in pie in the sky, but our faith is in a dependable God whose word is truth and whose promises are yes and amen. Father, I pray today you'll help us to, to develop a faith that is stood and secure on Christ the solid rock. And Father, I just thank you for all that lies ahead. And whatever this world will throw at us in the short term, we thank you that you promise no tears, no crying, no death, no pain, just better. Father, I thank you that all you do for us is to provide a way for life to be the life it's meant to be. Help us to grasp that life. Let us forget the other promises of this world that are like chill bags for hamsters and let us grasp the promises that are filled with love, that are filled with the riches of heaven. In Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you've had a great week. Zoom tonight. Quiz again next Saturday. Dockers are doing the quiz this time. Please, please, please. Get involved and if, we, if, you, if you need any help and we can help you, just contact us. It'd be great to hear from you. Have a great Sunday and God bless.